Friends, welcome to another episode of Inquire Inside. My name is Landon Wietrich, and today I have the pleasure of bringing Edmund Barry back on the show. Braden and I interviewed Edmund on episode 24 of the podcast, and Edmund shared how he built his recruiting agency. Today he comes on the show to chat with me about some current events and how to approach a culture with conflicting agendas. We talk about how social issues are politicized, why men like Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate have become so popular, and the pros and cons of Neuralink. Thank you for joining me as we inquire inside today, and we're going to jump right into the conversation. When I came here, it's like I don't I don't really worry about the whole th- politics too much. I stay informed, don't get me wrong, and I always like keep up to date on everything. But like everybody here is just like normal if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Because um, you instill in Missouri, even though it's like tends to be a conservative area, right? Uh, except for the city. When you yeah. would go to the city, you would see those, you know. How, how do you stay informed? Like for myself, growing up, it was Fox News. And, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that's probably what it was just up until a few years ago and then I realized I was like these people have an agenda just like CNN does and they're and I've talked about this in the past on the show but just they're manipulative just like CNN is and so I would say anymore I I don't look to any really any real mainstream source it's more certain people that I follow on social media that's and, and some people honestly that you've turned me on to. Um, exactly. but 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 who like it what like what sites or or really what individuals do you really look to to stay informed? Um, anything that I see on social media. So there's this one guy, um, uh, Huey Huey Media on um, Instagram. I would say another guy, uh, the typical liberal. That one's always funny. There's, you know, the yeah. Babylon B um, on Twitter. I will go on. Uh, they, they have the same people on Twitter. So it's like there, there are people that I like to take information from and then go on and do my own research on the topic, right? Okay. And, and if I find something and I see like both sides because like whenever there's somebody that says like, for example – um, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but if somebody says like, oh yeah, like, like you were saying, Andrew, Andrew Tate's like not uh, monogamist or whatever. Uh, he disrespects women, misogynist stuff. Yeah. Misogynist. Yeah. yeah monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, misogynist. And, um, uh, yeah, and so you would get that in piece of information, right? And how I'd break it down, it's like go go to YouTube, go to all these other sources, and um, go online and basically see like what one side is saying, why they're saying that, and then going to hear his story, and then somebody that's an outside perspective. So I guess this is a long-winded answer, but that's just, you know, I'm not going to the news. It's not controlled by the news. And that's why they get so afraid of independent voices on social media, I guess. Yeah. Well, I like what you're doing 
it's unfortunate, but really you have to put in more effort. Well, maybe we always should have, but what you're saying is you put in a little more effort to get in for, to get informed. You're not simply flipping on the TV or relying on this this mainstream source, whatever they tell you. You're going with it. You're taking bits and pieces from multiple sources, and then you're you're putting some effort into it as well to see okay what what else is there out there about this, and and then you're making your own con- you're getting your own conclusion from whatever you find out. Absolutely, and. You have to think that, like, at the end of the day, like, it's only your opinion. Like, everybody gets so wrapped up in mm-hmm. politics, like, oh, this is the right way, this is the wrong way. Like, no, it, I mean, it's what you think. You know, I don't, I don't believe it's true if you want to go out and, you know, you have same-sex attraction. Like, sure, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me to the core to where, I'm like, oh my gosh, you can't do that. You know, that you can do what you want. It's it's our it's a it's a free world as we know it right now but um basically i mean yeah it's it's my opinion what i think kind of along those lines just segueing slightly the whole roe versus wade thing and this is something i've talked about with uh i think you know a couple of different guests on the show but i was I was shocked, like when Ro- when Roe v. Wade got overturned, I was shocked that people that I assumed would have been all for it, they were like not so happy about it. And it really helped me see a, a different perspective of it. And so it was really a good opportunity for me to look at, ob- observe what I was hearing and, and, and seeing as far as why people were saying, abortion should still should still be legal and all this kind of stuff, but then also reevaluate my own, or I don't like saying reevaluate, but just considering my personal values and how they aligned with Roe versus Wade. And so first and foremost, obviously I believe that abortion is wrong. I believe that life begins at conception, and so abortion is, is killing a baby. And we could go into all the... Yeah, like in order to save the mother, we, we're not. I'm not going to get into that right now. That's that's a whole that's a whole other discussion. But so, what I was hearing from several people and uh, what, what's that guy's name? Ian Ian went went. How do you Winster. say? Winster. Winster. Yeah, it's Winster. The, yeah. He's, he's got like like red hair, red beard. Patriot gear. Yeah, yeah, Patriot, Patriot. gear. Guy. Yeah, he was actually one of the first guys that made me that kind of made me stop and think as he was like. This is something that the government should not have a voice on, essentially. He was like, I think abortion is very wrong, but it shouldn't be the government that decides this. And I was like, huh. That was like the, the first time that I really started thinking about this. And then I was like, well, that's a that's a great point. Like, that's a slippery slope if you allow the government to get involved and say, no, you can't you like you can't do this or you have to do that. But as time went on, I I thought about it more and like I said, heard more people talk about it. Again, I can absolutely, you know, you you know me. I'm I'm all about freedom and I'm all about small government. Yeah. But Edmund, the conclusion that I have come to, and we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this, but just just the conclusion that I came to was, this is one area where 
I'm okay with the government being involved. And the reason is, is murder legal at the federal right. at the federal level? No. Is rape legal or illegal at the federal level? Well, it's it's not legal, right? And so what I look at as my perspective, based on my core values and what I see to be right and wrong, is if you are, I want, I want freedom to the fullest extent, but when it comes to one individual violating the, the, well, I was it's just it's violating another human being. I was going to say like the rights of the freedom, but it's if if you have one human violating another human in any way, physically, that should be, that should be illegal. Like like I said, ra- rape is illegal, and murder is legal, and I think that, you know, uh, abortion is essentially murder. So. Based on my values, it should be illegal at the federal level. I, I do think that government should have a say in that. And now, um, should uh, should I, I I do like the fact with Roe v. Wade being overturned, they're not saying that or they're giving the power to the states. I prefer the power to be in the states' hands versus at the federal level. But as far as it, so maybe I shouldn't be using the word federal, but just. I, I do support abortion being illegal because of those reasons. Like, I don't really see how it's any different than, than rape and murder. Right. And, yeah, and I understand, no, I, you might disagree with me on that. I understand that. No, no. I think, um, well, it would be in, more interesting for the podcast if I, if I did, I think. <laughs> but, no, it's funny that you brought that up because, you know, I used to have not met not too big of a, an opinion on it. Um, but just being raised, you know, the way I was in a conservative family with, you know, being Catholic and all that, Yeah. you know, it isn't, it's not good for me, but the thing is, is like, I had a discussion. It was literally, I think when it was happening, mm-hmm. um, in Jacksonville, Florida, I, with, with my, uh, with some of my family, you know, they, they, they disagreed and, um, it got into a pretty heated argument, you know? Um, and you know, like it goes back to like, what about the, the women that are raped? What about this, that, you know, it it is very unfortunate. And you, my prayers go out to those victims that, that are, um, affected by that. And it is horrible. But at the end of the day, like as harsh as that may sound, you know, you kind of put yourself into like a situation where, you know, I mean, you are harboring some random person that raped you's baby. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a hard decision to make. Say, oh, yeah. oh, I'm, which in that case, it can be justifiable. But at the end of the day, there's a um, on USA Today, right? I just pulled this up just to because you were talking about it. Just 1% of women obtain an abortion because they become pregnant through rape and less than 0.5% do so because of incest, according to the Gut Matcher Institute. So you got to think that everybody making the argument saying, oh, it's yeah. what about the women that are raped and all this stuff? That's 1% of all the late, the women that get abortions. So – it's it's hard, you know. It, it's really hard to say. It, it's a very, 
you know, it's a very touchy subject yeah. just because that that's a human lie at yeah. the end of the day. And you're yeah. saying 99% of women who get abortions, they're just getting it because, yeah. you know, yeah. financial reasons, all this stuff. And yes, there's also the argument saying that if you were to send them to maybe an adoption clinic or an orphanage, you know, those kids get worse care or but the way I look at it, and this is just my opinion, any, everybody's entitled to their own, yeah. right? But my opinion is that at least they had a chance, right? Yes. Think about yourself in that in that situation. Me or you or anybody listening, think about yourself in that situation. What if you were not given a chance, right, to be here today, right? And your parents just said, oh, pull the plug, can't afford this baby right now. And they didn't do everything in their power to make it work, Right. I think that's the, what's gone wrong in the division of this country. They don't care. Like, this is, again, my opinion. I believe that the people at the top, they do not care about Roe versus Wade. Whether you're conservative, Democrat, or I mean, uh, liberal, they, at the end of the day, it's just to cause division, I think, yeah. more division in the com- country um, on a touchy subject like that, along with the whole. Uh, a whole other host of things that are going on and it's just to cause more division to the point where you know it distracts us what's going on behind the scenes that's that's my biggest thing um yeah no i i completely agree with you because there was some speculate or there was some thought that Roe versus Wade being overturned when it was, the Democrats were going to use that because they knew that, like the all the the COVID stuff was going to hurt them in the midterms, and so they were kind of banking on Roe versus Wade being overturned, helping them in the midterm elections. And so, the, just just to your point that it's it's not about it being overturned or not; it's just the fact that it's a tool that they can weaponize or politicize, weaponize whatever to put people against each other and make people vote the way they want to really. Oh, absolutely. Well, cause it's at, at the end of the day, I feel like like a lot of things that we're given and I had this conversation uh, with somebody yesterday, like with a lot of things that were given and shown mm. in on the surface, it's made to seem like we have a choice. If that makes sense. So, and what you're saying is, is the choice has already been made for us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. I it's you can call me a conspiracist, <laughs> you know. You can say all these things. That's fine. Like that, it's just my belief. I, and and if you have a different opinion, like anybody listening or anything, and they talk to me about it, I mean, I'm cool with that too. Yeah. You know, it's just what I believe. Because look at the top biggest companies in in the um, in America right? Like Vanguard, BlackRock, they have shares in every company that we consume, that mm. we eat, put on our skin, that we buy. Um, they're the same companies that own the tobacco industry, but they're also the same companies that own pharma. Mm. So it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's made to think that you, you have a choice. They're the same companies that also own all the media outlets, right? So while you're you're arguing about what's said on CNN, um, 
you know, versus what's said on Fox News. It's the same people that own both. <laughs> it's like yeah. Yeah. It, you're I, I just believe you're made to think on the surface that you have a choice. And as as the people, we can vote with our dollars. We can do all these things. Um, and I do believe that, yeah, on both sides, you have those people that are polar opposite and that are trying to make a change, whether it be like for the for good or for worse. And um, I just think right now there's a lot of be a lot of conservatives being made. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Before we get away from the Roe versus Wade thing, I just wanted to throw in here real quick. You you had mentioned same sex marriage earlier, and just as a comparison to Roe versus Wade, that's something that yeah, I I think that's wrong. I think marriage is, should be between a man and a woman, but I don't think that homosexuality should be illegal because in that scenario, nobody's being harmed in that scenario. <clears throat> Again, do I agree with it? No, but it's like I don't think there should be a law against it. It's, I just I just don't agree with it. Nobody is being harmed by making that legal but abortion it's a whole other story so that's that's kind of how i make the comparison between like those two types of situations um yeah i mean go ahead no you're fine i was just gonna say that um yeah i just feel like it's another tool that they use <laughs> you know oh for sure like the absolutely whole I have no reason uh, – I don't I don't have anything against people that want to be gay or LGBTQ, anything like that. But you got to look at – like they don't care. The people at the top, they don't care about that stuff. They're going to make it seem like that, but it's just to cause more division at the end of the day. And to – you know, so that they can do other things behind the scenes. <laughs> well, look at what's promoted on college campuses. And like, look who's funding these, these colleges and these, you know, it's, so it's, I don't know. I think it's really all a part of that, that huge plan to just in, indoctrinate the, the youth and make them, you know, the, make them woke and as, as left wing as possible. And, and that, that's going to affect the, the future or they're, they're, they're affecting, they're manipulating the future generations. Well, especially the future male generation. And this, mm. you know, obviously, you can get into this too with the whole, you know, uh, women's rights, equality, feminism, right? Uh, the patriarchy. I mean, it's just like, never ending. A anything that you talk about nowadays has something to go into, and you can't say anything without feeling like you're just stepping on toes. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I could, uh, a potential client listens to this podcast. I can I can lose them just by, by saying my opinion. They can have their own, right? They just don't feel like they want to work with me anymore because I have an opinion on this specific topic or subject. It's I think it's dumb. I, I think it's totally stupid. But my point is is that with the, the colleges and the campuses, like you were saying, getting back to that is I believe if you control the men and make the men docile in a society as it goes back to the old saying, right? Hard times create strong men, strong men create hard times. I mean, good times, and then good times create 
uh, weak men, weak men create hard times over again and rinse and repeat. Typically they say every 80 to a hundred years. Um, but if you control the men, keep them, keep them docile, all the things that you're seeing on social media that these kids are consuming, like TikTok, all these thirst traps of these like women influencers. Um, I don't know. It's just like you look at, I'm, I'm seeing an ad right now on USA Today of World War II. If you looked at the kids growing up back then, like they were 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds even, mm-hmm. going into war to fight for this country. And um, it was a lot different back then. But then that led to the good times that we had during yeah. like, you know, the 60s to the 80s and 90s. But it's crazy, man. You know, you and I have had this conversation, actually, I think it was when you and I got together at First Watch a couple of years ago. Uh, we had a similar conversation to this, but you were saying how men are beginning to seek out something more. Like, they're, they're starting to go after guys like, who is the guy that, that eventually said, or eventually, that, that originally said that quote about the hard times creating strong men what was his name again um i don't know who said it originally i just know that there's a book around it so stefan ardio yeah yeah he's yeah maybe he's the guy that made it popular maybe he didn't necessarily say it originally but right. i just remember you sharing with me how guys like him were becoming more popular and and more young men were 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 pursuing that just that that mindset and and really wanting to do more wanting to take on more responsibility and and we we look at how popular Jordan Peterson has become and that's a that's a classic example and i feel like it's really cool cuz i do feel like in spite of all the pressure to feminize men and to belittle them and really take away all the all the virtues of masculinity young men are still realizing like no, like that's that's not how I was how I was supposed to be as a man, and they are they are finding mentors. They they are finding those those spaces where they can learn how to be a man if they don't have a good father or or whatever. You remember Elliot Hulse? Um, no. So he was one of like the first ever fitness YouTubers. Okay. Back like in the early two, he yeah he was probably one of the first YouTubers, like one of the biggest YouTubers, Elliot Hulse. But he's uh-huh. become one of those guys where he um, has like these these men's groups and, and and teaches men about you know leadership and and fatherhood, being a good husband, head of the home, all that kind of. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah, I knew. But, yeah, Elliot Hulse, I know. Yeah, yeah. I I, I figured I figured you. It, it's probably just been a long time since you've heard about him or seen anything of him because he yeah. was really into the fitness thing for a long time. And did like a long hiatus and then came back and kind of got into like some weird, almost like hippie kind of stuff, if I remember for a little while. But then he, I believe he's Catholic now, he became a Christian and has really been working on not just the, the fitness stuff, has kind of has kind of been, he still does it, but it's more of a secondary thing. He primarily now focuses on mentoring young men. So it's pretty cool. I think a lot of men have been, and especially in this fitness industry, you do notice a trend. They are like feel like they have this duty or obligation, which is great to you know speak out and 
kind of like go to the masses and say, Hey, like, you know, especially young men, this isn't you like whatever you're being fed through school or the media and all this stuff feel like you should feel emotional. Mm. You should show people your feelings, all this. And they're, and they're basically saying like, no, that that's not, I know how you're feeling and you're not crazy for feeling this way. And I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. Like a lot of people in the fitness industry, like look at like Andy Priscilla. Yeah. Look at uh the hot the Hodge twins. Yeah. Yeah. They are all like they're all start Bedros Coolia. Yep. Uh they're all starting to do this. Um and I think it's it's a great thing, you know, because you need more mentors like that in life. Um, you know, there's points in my life where I I, I was questioning the way I thought because the, what's being portrayed on on uh, social media or uh, you know the media and things of that sort. Well, and here's where we can segue into Andrew Tate because I truly feel that's a big part of why he became so popular because he was just speak well. And and here's the thing: when it comes to Andrew Tate, obviously there's some things that I personally disagree with him, but but I feel like honestly. The majority of what he says, the majority, I do agree with him. Now, <laughs> the things I disagree with him are, are kind of significant. Like he, uh, when he was on, I believe it was the, the Full Send podcast with uh, the Nuck Brothers, he just says that, you know, he thinks that men should essentially have uh, as many sexual partners as they want and, and they're, <laughs> these, all these women that they're with should be okay with that. And now that's one big thing that I disagree with him on. I think there's there's beauty and power in a monogamous, you know, an exclusive relationship. But as far as, ha- <clears throat> excuse me, as far as what he talks about with truly giving your best, hard work, taking responsibility, making money, um, and being the best that you can be, I feel like I've just barely scratched the surface, but there's a lot of things. Or, well, yeah, just the traditional family values that he promotes, just the the man really being the head of the home, the, the qualities of the man, the qualities of the woman, how they are different, how they're not the same, and how that's a good thing, how they complement each other, how they work together, they're, they're beautiful in, in their uniqueness and in, what, in their differences. I, I, I love that, I, and I think that people are like, they're consuming his content because they're like, this makes sense, because the... The BS that I'm being fed, you know, the mainstream narrative, it, it doesn't make sense that that men and women are equal in every way, and that's just not the truth. E- equal, right. equal in value, but beyond that, no. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, equal in value for sure, but like when you talk about gender roles, people don't like to get into this because they want to say like, oh, whatever a, a man can do, a woman can do it just as good, if not better. Right. Sure, you can do that, but there comes to a point where there's certain things that like only men can do. And obviously there's certain things that's only a woman can do. Yeah. Like I, I can't give birth right now. Yeah. The um regardless of whatever a doctor or something nowadays can say, like, oh yeah, like Lil Nas on a on an album cover holding the up his pregnant belly. I, I don't care about I'm not talking about that, okay? That happens I'm talking about like yeah, Lil Nas X. And that's the thing. Like, you know, they, they portray this image of like, oh, women can get, I mean, men can get pregnant now. Right. It's a distorted view of reality, man. It's distortion. Yeah. They want to, it's like, 
I don't know. They want to make things like that. But anyways, back with the Andrew Tate thing, um, I think that like uh, 80% of his demographic or a very high number, a majority of his demographic are young males, 18 to 25. That's what he said. Um, so you have to I look at that. like who's consuming his yeah and you look at some of the contents on some of uh, the comments on some of his long form content and you know it's a lot of things praising him so people have to really look at why why are these things becoming so popular like why the, why is this type yeah. of content becoming so popular it's not that like he's super crazy and and if if you do think that any listeners today if they do think that um you know andrew tate is a crazy guy they they can have that opinion about him um he said some outlandish stuff yeah i get it but also like think about the content that you consume of him it's usually only 30 second clips right it can be chopped up screwed up or chopped and screwed to where any message can be put put out there right you could do that with they used to do it to trump all the time um I wonder why they don't do it to the current president, but they <laughs> they um they do it to Andrew Tate, and they've never sat there and watched a long form piece of content from him, right? And I think that if you were you were to have that opinion, like oh this guy's terrible, and you were to sit down watch at least like thirty minutes to an hour one of his content pieces, you would understand like you were saying, Landon, like the values that he has, you know, at the end of the day. He could phrase it a different way for some people to be less offended, right? But at the end of the day, everybody can speak the way they want. I mean. Yeah, I need to invest the time. I, um, I've i seen clips of a lot of his longer interviews, like you were mentioning. He was he was interviewed by, by Piers Morgan, and he was w- with the, the Nelk Boys on, on the Full Send podcast. I listened to, I don't know, like 20, 25 minutes of that. I, I do want to finish it. And then he was also interviewed by Patrick Bed David. It was, it was like a five-hour podcast. And So I actually watched all three of those. You did? Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, so I watched all the way through. Uh, and so that's how I was able to hold my opinion, right? Okay, yeah. Um, and you get from different sources because Patrick Ben Davids, he's more like he actually lives in Fort Lauderdale, okay. but he uh, he's more serious, right? More serious minded businessman. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of like levels with Andrew Tate in that in that uh, regard, but then also like Pierce Morgan, he's a big um, media outlet guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's be- he he probably basically sold himself out. Oh yeah. And he's being told what to say, and For if sure. something comes up. And Andrew Tate makes a makes a statement or a point that you're going to try to talk over him and combat that. So I watched that video too. And then the now boys are kind of just like the bro. Oh yeah. So <laughs> so he's going to try to impress them by saying yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sleep with as many girls if, uh, as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, girl, eighteen to nineteen is way more attractive yeah. uh, than a twenty five year old because they didn't have you know they didn't get piped down the whole life. Yeah, I heard. But that basically. Part. Yeah, so I I got all three, and I made my opinion that this guy is not that all. He's not all that bad that yeah. everybody makes him out to be. So, you you described that perfectly, by the way. Like those three different perspectives, like that was the perfect way. Like the Nuck Boys being more like more of the Bros, Piers Morgan being more of like a mainstream kind of guy, and then you have Patrick Bay David, who's who's a businessman. 
at his core. And right. each of those conversations were, were very different and just in a different context. Right. And so it's really a good opportunity to see what, what Andrew's all about. But unless, like I said, I confess I've only seen just like blips and not, not like 30 second blips, but just like several minutes of each of those conversations. And, but I was impressed with everything that I, that I did see. And the thing with Andrew Tate is he is very consistent as far as what he's, I'm not going to say, well, I'll say promoting, but it's more of, of his convictions. He's very consistent with what, and I respect that. And yeah, some of them are different than mine, but, and that's another thing I want to touch on today is you might like, sometimes I'll say like, oh yeah, like I, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Joe Rogan. I listen to you know Joe Rogan a lot, or, or I like this individual or that individual, or even like Jordan Peterson. I'm like, oh yeah, I love Jordan Peterson. People say like, oh, you know, he's not a Christian. You know, Joe Rogan, oh, you know, he he's supports abor- abortion or whatever. And it's like, who on this world, I don't even agree with my wife 100% of the time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I, and I'm, and I, this is just reality. So, Edmund, there's no one on this earth that you and I think 100% exactly are like, or that we agree with 100% of the time, right? Exactly. And it really, it's annoying to me. It's frustrating. People are like, oh, but don't you know they, they, they do this? Of course, but like, does that mean that I should write off everything they say and not and not listen or not try to gain any value from them? No. And now there are some people that are just so far out there that I'm not going to listen to because the majority of what they say I'm, I'm going to disagree with. So it's like I'm probably not going to really be a follower of theirs or, or or a consistent consumer of their content. But. I, it's very, I, I've heard literally probably just a couple of things from Jordan Peterson. We can talk more about him later, but there's, I think the only thing I can really think of that I disagree with, uh, with uh, Jordan Peterson is how old the earth is. And I think he might believe that we came from chimpanzees, but even that I'm not, I'm not for sure, which when it comes to like the origin of the world and, and creation, that's probably the only like part of, they're the only aspects I've really disagreed with him on, like pretty much everything else. I've agreed with him 100%. Um, and, and, and Rogan, if the things I would say with him, I agree with maybe like 70, 30, maybe not even that much. Maybe, maybe it's more like 60, 40, but the things that I disagree with Joe Rogan on, I'm like, huh, I hadn't thought about it that way. And it makes me think about things because he shares his, opinion from such a genuine place and from such a real real place like he's actually seen this or experienced this and it's oftentimes things that I have not seen or experienced I'm like oh I didn't know that and it makes it so much easier to understand and again maybe I don't necessarily agree with it but I can at least listen and understand and I can learn and that's the beauty of it right and what's cool that you just you mentioned three people, right? That I, while you were just telling me this, these are all three people that they have opinions, right? We don't always agree with them, right? Um, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, and then also Andrew Tate. They're all like pretty much polar opposites from each other. Yeah. Uh, there's things that we both probably agree from a lot of their their uh, their podcasts or their content. But at the end of the day, what they believe in rings true, like their core values. Mm-hmm right? It, it, it stays true to the core. 
And over time, you, you can see this, like with Joe Rogan, for example, when they tried to deplatform him from YouTube, he's like, all right, peace out. I'm going to Spotify where they're going to allow me to say whatever I want, whatever yeah. I want, just because there was a clip of him um, making a racist comment that, again, was chopped and screwed yep. to make him seem like he was a racist. Yep. And then there was a big deal about it. Um, so my point is, is that these people aren't sellouts. And yeah. you have people like whenever Andrew Tate got canceled before that, Logan Logan Paul, right, and impulsive, he was saying all these things like, oh, Andrew Tate, this guy is funny. His little co-host, Mike or whatever. Yeah. They were saying how funny this guy is. He's so great. I love his content. He's this, that, praising him. As soon as it gets canceled, he comes out and makes this video. I saw it was like three minute video. He's like, I don't stand for what he says. Oh, I think that's totally bad. And he doesn't understand the implications of our uh, what this has to our youth, the youth in the future, the most important uh, generation that we have. It's like, do you not? Or everybody was in the comments like, bro, are you serious right now? <laughs> like we were just listening to you like three weeks ago yeah. talk about something totally different. And my point is, is that like there are people at the top that are controlling what these people say. They're just basically puppets. They're just sellouts. Yeah. The same thing with uh, Pierce Morgan. Mm. Um, you know, when he was on the podcast, or I mean, the 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 panel uncensored or whatever with Pierce Morgan, Andrew Tate. It's just any time that he would make a point where Pierce Morgan would probably agree with, if it was just one on one, no cameras. Yeah. yeah. He would just over talk, change the subject, try to make it out to seem like his whole goal. If, you, if anybody watches the whole thing, it's like only an hour long. But uh, his whole goal the whole time, it seemed like he was just trying to get like to convince the audience that this guy was bad. Yeah. Like getting him to admit that he was wrong. He's like, no, man, I still believe what I believe in. Yeah. Like, sure, I could have said it different, but that's just who I am. Anybody who knows me or actually watches my content, I'm just saying, you know, how I say things. Um, but yeah, my point is, is like all those three, those three influences um, that we listen to today, like they're going to stay true to their core, core values at the end of the day. It's sad, but that's just rare anymore. So many people... And it might be because we were so we're all a bunch of followers, right? We're all a bunch of followers of these quote unquote influencers. In order to not get canceled or in order to maintain a following, they have to follow this narrative. And then you have guys like the three gentlemen that I mentioned who are going against that narrative and and basically saying how a, a how they really feel and really just sticking to reality they're not distorting reality like you mentioned before Edmund is is how our society today is distorting reality and I'm thankful I think more and more people are waking up and they're realizing how refreshing it is when someone just reveals reveals or, or expresses truth in reality for what it is. And right. like Jordan Peterson, one thing I just appreciate so much about him is he truly strips away 
whatever agenda, whatever emotions there are, whatever political agendas, whatever, strips that all away and says, here's how it really is. This is what works. And my my answer to anybody that says like, well, well, because I've I've talked to several people, and if any of them are, are listening, I'm I'm not um, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to insult you or anything like that. But for for anybody that has like kind of challenged my stance on or my support of Jordan Peterson because he's not a Christian, the reason why I support Jordan Peterson is because it's even though he's he's not a Christian, which he he's he's definitely. He definitely believes in God, and in person, I feel like he's on a, a journey that could very well lead to him becoming a Christian. But the the amazing thing about Jordan Peterson is that what he promotes is consistent with the Bible, and because again, he strips away the the, the emotions and all the agendas, and just says, "This is how things were supposed to be. This is what works." And well, guess what? These are things that the that the Bible says as well, like what works in the right. family, what works in the home, what works in marriage, and uh, all the the psychological scenarios that uh, Jordan Peterson talks about. These are all things that are consistent with the Bible because that's the Bible is based on truth and reality, and right. that's just what Jordan Peterson is promoting, and that's what's just um, it's just really cool to see his findings confirming what the Bible already says. And I think it's also really cool because he's not a, well, he's kind of becoming a biblical scholar, but he's, he's not a biblical scholar. He wasn't like raised in the faith and he's still coming to the same conclusions that are in the Bible. Like how cool is that? Right. Yeah. Especially when, um, when we went to go see him live at the stifle, um, he was mentioning, the story about the uh, the snake in the desert and all those people had left. Uh, I forget where it was that they were before, uh, but they weren't. They were basically like, oh, when they were in we Egypt, want to go, when, yeah, when the Israelites were in Egypt. Yeah. Egypt. Yep, you're right. Yeah, and they were in the desert for so long, and they were for, trying to 40 escape years? to go. Yeah, forty years. Um, and basically, the moral of the story was you know, to face, face your demons, you know, face the challenge, take it on head on, because that's the only reason why, like, that's the only way you're going to be able to get through it. Uh, and that was one out of the Bible that he took and said, like, this is like super true to real life, you know, um, that you can't just like run away from your, from your problems like everybody is nowadays. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like, I think from like Jordan Peterson, um, uh, Andrew Tate or Joe Rogan, the reason why we consume a lot of their content is because it does motivate us, you know, especially if you go on Instagram, there's a lot of those people that put together those motivational clips. Like those are the things that we, you know, and it is motivating. Yeah. And, um, I feel like for us guys that work out or, you know, we're trying to build something, uh, especially you with two kids. Now, uh, you're trying to build a legacy of family. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are the things we're not crazy. Like Andrew Tate put it like, we're not crazy for wanting to have a family, have a nice car, have a nice house, make a lot of money, you know, and just live our lives. 
and not bother anybody. Like yeah. we're not crazy people for thinking this way. Yeah. So, um, Elon Musk, I know you and I have talked a little, a little bit about him in the past. And you were, I think I maybe heard a couple things about like what he was wanting that he was wanting to put. I don't know if I hadn't heard anything about it, but you're the one that really shared something with me about how he wanted to put chips in people's brains. What Neuralink? Yeah. Yeah. And well, he said is working Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I think maybe well, I was just going to say, I'll just, I'll just say this and then I'll, I'll let you respond. But well, the thing that you had sent me was this was when, you know, now he, he does have total control. Well, total might be a little bit of a stretch, but he does have control over Twitter. And um, this was at the time when the initial negotiations were beginning for him to purchase Twitter and a lot of conservatives were praising him. And then you had sent me an article or, or, or something on, it's like, well, don't necessarily look at him as a, as a savior or a knight in shining armor, armor because don't forget that he wants to do this. And I did look into that a little bit, and, and just in a, a little bit. I could have looked into it a little bit more, but what are what are some of your thoughts on, on Elon and, and like Neuralink and stuff like that? Like when it comes to like the chips in people's brains and everything just from what I do know about Elon. And, and like I said, I don't, I don't know a lot about him, but from what I do know and from what I have read, I could see him legitimately believing that this is going to help people as opposed to a, a, a method of tracking and controlling people with these chips, but they could easily be turned into that as opposed to like the one thing I read was, he wants to be able to help someone who's paralyzed to be able to use a smartphone. And like, oh, that sounds like a beautiful thing, but it's like, well, that could easily be turned into something where you're controlling this person, controlling this person. I was going to say their, their mind or really just controlling this person, period, or, or tracking them, which we're, we're all tracked to an extent anyway. But so what are some of your thoughts, Edmund, as Elon Musk in gen or just in general and with, with Twitter and with Neuralink and all that? Yeah, so I know that with Neuralink, um, I mean, I think just to, to say it, to just say it, um, I think Elon Musk, he's, he's, um, he's done a lot of good things for society. I mean, that a lot of people wouldn't, that we wouldn't see right now if it wasn't for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point with the Neuralink, you know, some people, I used to think it was a little crazy. Um, but as time goes on, you know, we are going to like, we're going to experience more and more technological advances in society anyways. I mean, like you were saying, they track us like they, there's no way to get off the grid unless you were like, literally put your uh, phone in one of those, you know, radiation blocking like sleeves or something yeah. or like where to go out in the mountains or something. They track literally everything. Um, but Saying back to the point with the Neuralink, yeah, he said it, it does work on monkeys, right? It's working mm -hmm. on monkeys. Um, and then how he tested that is that they would play that game Pong, right? Mm -hmm. Where you have the ball and the two like things, right? 
Mm-hmm. And um, it would be all controlled by its mind. Oh, wow. So it was like, yeah, very like, and they would teach it to like, you know, win the game. And eventually, like over time, he said it took them like a few weeks or something, but they were, they would start winning the Pong game just by mind control. Wow. They wouldn't even need to touch anything. So it would work on uh, monkeys. His thing is that it should work on humans. Yeah. But he was saying that at first, Neuralink is just going to be used to help the people. I think it's cerebral, cerebral, cerebral palsy. palsy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, that way they can like function normally. Yeah. And so, um, he said that you put it like in a certain place right before the spine. Um, but then eventually they want it to get, or he wants it to get to the point where, you know, we can, we can learn more efficiently. So Mm. I think basically his point is that there's a gap, right? We have a, we have, our brain and then our phones or our brain and our computer. Okay. And we can only extract so much information from the computer or our phones into our brain and process it at, at a certain rate of speed. And so with the Neuralink, it's going to be basically to where our brains can download that information. Um, the thing is for me that would basically have me at like a, uh, like a, at a very like hard deciding point, right, um, would be whenever it is released to the masses, because you know it's going to be at a, a certain price point. Probably, I think it would be at a price point that is similar to going to college. Now, now hear me out on this. Okay. So this is like my opinion that I have. I think it's going to be a price at a price point that's going to be similar to college, except for the argument's going to be. That you spend, you know, I, I'm I have this number of like seventy grand in my head, right? Seventy to one hundred thousand dollars on this Neuralink to get implanted to your brain, right? And the amount of information and things that you learn for, by using the Neuralink, you're going to have the necessary skills to be able to pay that off. Hmm. And so that was my my opinion on it. Um, and basically, I think that as harsh as this may sound that it's going it might get to a point where maybe not in our generation we'll see i don't know um but it might get to the point where without Neuralink, that there's just no way that you'll be able to to keep up with normal society again you know and it and it's hard because you can't mess with god's natural creation but like we had talked about a few years back when the Neuralink thing was getting big um i had said that i don't know if it's going to be you know as huge or if it's really going to work but if it's going to work on monkeys then we'll see man i don't know it's it's a lot to think about well you had mentioned how there might become there might come a time where you can't really function in society without it but think about how dependent we are currently on smartphones you you, oh, yeah. you can't really have a place in society that's that's really in step with society without a smartphone. Even right. if you don't have any any like social media profiles, but just to just to to buy, to sell, to market, to communicate. But the scary thing is, and 
a lot of my listeners are going to know where I'm going with this is then you start getting into the Mark of the Beast stuff and you're familiar with the Mark of the Beast, yeah. right? Yeah. And because this is, th- you're, you're basically there. <laughs> right. I mean, the Bible talks about in the Mark of the Beast being, is it like on, on the forehead or in your, uh, you go back and read Revelation, is it forehead or in your, in your right hand or something like that? But what, what were you going to say? Yeah, I think it was the hand. No, I think it was the hand, and I thought that was what, what the COVID passports were going to be. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my idea of the Mark of the Beast. But no, I, I understand exactly where you're going with this. But that's the scary thing, right? Because it's like, oh, this sounds like yeah. a beautiful thing. And and it, it will, I believe that, like, the, the Mark of the Beast, whether it is, like, Neuralink or something different, it's going to be something that's going to be beneficial. I believe that, you know, uh, technologically. And... Like you said, if if we can, if it can be like almost like investing in college, but you're able to learn all this information probably a lot faster and actually give you the the tools or the knowledge to pay off the debt or whatever you had to go into to to get this thing implanted in like the the base of your brain or or whatever. Get the that, ROI. Yeah, the the ROI is going to be there. I I completely right. agree, but. But it's like, well, then where is it going to lead to? Are we basically saying we're, we're opening, we're, we're opening the doors very wide and welcoming in the mark of the beast? That's that's my first thought. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I agree, and that's the reason, like one of the reasons why, um, I'm kind of standoffish to the whole idea. But honestly, only time will tell. You know. Yeah. I think with goodwill, good judgment, there will be um, signs up front, you know, that will basically be able to show us, I I think. But, I mean, because the thing is, is like with Elon, like the the media is not controlling him. He is controlling the media because he (laughs) at the at the point of I think we had this discussion. I have this conversation with a lot of people, but. The argument of, you know, why why do you want to be rich? Why do you have want to have money? But mm-hmm. then nobody can control you. But then once you get to a, a certain point where Elon is, where he has hundreds of billions of dollars, he can start to pull the levers in his favor. And whatever his opinion is basically on free speech or free will or free free market, right? Uh capitalist cap capitalistic uh he can start to pull levers to where the masses would, you know, be able to uh, take advantage of that. So you're already seeing, like, Kanye West just got put on on Twitter again, so he's back. Wait, why was um, he taken off? Because he said something against the uh, the deep state, man. Yeah, okay. I, the elite. So I didn't know that. I knew I I saw that Trump was going to be put back on, and somebody else. Uh, maybe maybe it was Kanye, but uh, are you are you familiar with uh, Project Veritas? Yeah, yeah. They're they're back on, or or, or is it James O'Keefe? He's he's back on Twitter, but yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I I didn't know Kanye was one of those guys that was welcome back. Wish wish they get Andrew Tate back on there, which he he might be, but right. but no, I I see what you're saying though, and you've you've shared that with me before. And that was the first time I had heard anybody say that, but it makes complete sense. Like now Elon is able to pull the, those levers in his favor. And yeah. now 
one could argue that no no man should have that much power, but it's like well, or, or that nobody should want that much power, but it's like if somebody's going to have that power, who do right. you want to have that power? And if you have exactly. a choice, yeah, and if if you if you feel capable of handling that kind of responsibility, that kind of power, why not? Why not you? Or if you trust Elon, why not Elon? And I'm not saying I do trust. I'm just saying, I mean, he sure seems to be doing a, or he seems to be much more trustworthy than the people that are currently in power. But yeah. um, I'm, not, and I'm not saying I know that for a fact. I'm just saying based off of the things he says and some of the things that he does. But, but no, I I agree with you. That's a great point. Yeah, it's very conflicting because a lot of people would be like, oh, well, he has too much money, too much power. I mean, I would just say, like, change your mindset because at this point, it sounds like he's for the people. And until he's not, I mean, I would support him. He's done a lot of good things with the money that he has made. So, I mean. I agree. Somebody, Somebody's going to make it, right? When you initially had sent me the article about, you know, like, again, again the, the – the title was something about, you know, putting chips in people's brains. I initially kind of took that as you were kind of skeptical of him, but, but you're saying like, no, you're, you're, you would, you have a lot of confidence in him for the most part. Yeah. I mean, we use PayPal every day, right? I use PayPal for transactions. He created PayPal. So he created PayPal. <laughs> I think he, he was a, uh, took ownership or he was using it and then he had sold it and that's how he bought Mm. Or he had basically invested into uh, SpaceX and Tesla. I think it was $180 million. And then he ended up borrowing some money for rent because he literally used all $180 million to <laughs> fund those companies. <laughs> like, that's so cool. All right, let's go risk it all again. Yeah. That, and that's why I have a lot of respect for Elon. Yeah. You know, no matter what he does, he's like the epitome of an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of PayPal, have you seen that stuff about them charging twenty five hundred dollars if you spread? Oh yeah, did they retract the statement? Yeah, like, so quick, man. Oh, yeah. It was so funny. They're like, "I'm so sorry." It went out so fast. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some turds running on that people show. People voted. What's yeah, that? people voted with their dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they started to realize, like, "Oh crap, what were we doing?" I think that's what we're gonna get to, yeah. right? Because all of these companies are saying, oh, we're going to start pulling ads yep. um, from Twitter if Trump gets put back on. And then people are I, – I was seeing all the retweets and all the comments, and people are saying, okay, thanks for giving us a list of companies not to, uh, <laughs> not to buy from yeah. anymore. It's like, dude, then they're going to start to realize all this stuff is just a, a – it's th- theatrical. Yeah. It's, th- uh, Theatrics. it's theater, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's nothing. It's baloney. Isn't it weird? I feel like like our parents' generation, my point being it wasn't long ago to where companies just focused on the just focus on selling their product. Like whatever happened yeah. in those days? Everything is political now. Everything yeah. is political. It's ridiculous. And it's all about who they support or who they don't support or what you know whether they support LGBTQ or or BLM or uh, you know like uh, the My Pillow guy as is, is it uh, Lindell? Hold on, 
You know what I'm talking about, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up real quick. This is gonna. Bother yeah, me. I, I, it's gonna. My pillow guy. CEO. Michael Lindell. It is Mike. Okay, yeah, Mike. Mike Lindell. Yeah. So there were several companies that quit carrying his pillow. Like I, I want like Kohl's was one of them. I want to say Bed Bath and Beyond was another one. I need to be careful because I'm not. This is from memory. I could be wrong on these. I'm not looking at this. It's not right in front of me. Yeah, the fact checkers are going to come after you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but there were several major companies that were like, oh, yeah, we're not carrying our products anymore but because he supported Trump. And it's just like, come on. Like, just just be a merchant. Just just supply the consumers with what they're asking for. Don't get involved in all this political stuff. I don't know, man. It just gets old. Yeah, I mean – I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, I um, I used to get so wrapped up, you know, I used to get so wrapped up into it um, to where like during COVID that whole thing and I was hearing that like they were going to come to your door and knock on it. Like yeah. the CDC was talking about all that, right? Um, I won't go into too much detail, but some of your listeners probably already know what I'm talking about. But basically, I used to get so wrapped up this was like a, probably a year or two ago and I would be literally stressed. Like mm. my whole day was spent on this stuff. Now, um, you know, I, I live in a state to where I feel like my, my values, my freedoms are protected. Right. I agree with the government or the governor here. He, he's great. And then also, um, like the people here, you know, that I, I, I come across or encounter in public, normal people, they're, you know, they, you don't see tons of crime, cars getting broken into. I remember like we go downtown to St. Louis, yeah. uh, ball, you know, to go for a, a baseball game. You come down back and your your car window be smashed in. It, it, happen, it, has, it's, it hasn't happened to me, but it happened to a few of my friends. Um, and here – in South Florida, like, yeah, you do have spotty areas, but I mean, you can leave your stuff to where you're not afraid of getting robbed or, you know, mugged or all these other things like you do in some of these other th- these other cities. And so, basically, my point is, is like, I, 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 what, I'm not as worried as I used to be, sure, just because of the environment has changed, and I'm focused on my life. And what I can do for my own future, because at the end of the day, why would you get this? I think this is a good, a good point to make for anybody on any side with any opinion, you know, why get worked up about things that are not in your control, right? Um, Until you're a Elon Musk with a net worth of, you know, 200 billion um, and you can control those things and pull the levers to your favor. It, it shouldn't be a priority for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, for example, like I think it was a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, they announced like, oh, um, you know, the government just spent like $270 billion or something or $270 million, That sounds about right on um, um, radiation, mm-hmm. anti-radiation medication. Because there's threats coming from Russia that they're going to start a nuclear war. Yeah. Me, 
Edmund two years ago, Edmund a year ago, I would have been freaking out, man. Okay. No, this is just, I believe, like, when I saw that, I was like, just another thing that they're going to put out there. Yeah. You know, to get people in fear. Because once you're in fear, you're a state of fear. You're easily manipulated. Yes. It's easier for them to control you. So that was the conclusion I've came to my life. And, you know, I'm just going to keep living, keep doing my thing, keep doing what's right, what I think is going to, you know, move the needle forward for my family, my legacy, and my vision. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I've, I've said before, any, any person or party that's telling me to be afraid, that's the one that I'm not going to trust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fear is so fear is so what it's 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 weaponized nowadays it's used to manipulate people and it always has but just it's it's really sad to see our our leadership quote unquote leadership using fear to to make people well, that's what they did through through covid that's what it was all about it was all about fear all the numbers were exaggerated and, and that's what well, we don't need to talk about that anymore but <clears throat> it was just really sad well, if you want to go back to it, the Atlantic, um, hang on. I'm talking about radiation or? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> I really want to find this. You can go on though. Um, I will find it and I'll bring it back up. Sure, sure. I uh, just want one thought I'll share while you're looking that up is, you know, Jordan Peterson always talks about who are you to really try to solve the world's problems if you can't manage your own household, if you can't take control of your own household. In other words, your own individual, your, yourself as an individual. Who are you to try to tell the masses what to do? And All I right. think that's goes back to what you were saying, Edmund, is I'm going to focus on controlling what I can control. And really, as a believer, you just say, well, I'm, I'm going to leave the, the rest up to God. And that doesn't mean that you don't care or that you don't do anything, because I think there, I think there are some that do that, and I don't agree with that. But it's just, it doesn't mean that you should live in, you know, paralyzed by fear. Right. No, I, I totally agree 100%. And so, yeah, I did find the article by The Atlantic, right? And it said, let's declare a pandemic amnesty this is back to the covid thing like yeah i know that not everybody wants to talk about it yeah but this is stuff I, we were worked up on and we were saying hey this is like what you what you guys are believing they're pushing out there is not it's not right it's yeah. not true yeah and we were the conspiracy theorists two years ago and now they're coming back and saying oh they might have been right or you know let's declare uh, a pandemic and amnesty right yeah and it said we need to forgive one another for what we said or what we didn't <laughs> said when we were in the dark about covid and so like i'll just read the first paragraph yeah. in april 2020 with nothing else to do my family took an enormous number of hikes we all wore cloth masks that i had made myself we had a family hand signal which the person in front would use if somebody was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks once when Another child got too close, then my four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled, social distancing. So <laughs> these precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one else got the coronavirus from passing someone else on or someone else hiking. 
outdoor transmission was vanish like vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. Yeah. But the thing is, we didn't know. So it's like these were the things we were saying from the beginning, and they everybody was looking at us like we we're crazy. Yeah. And now they're coming out and saying these things. Like we we apologize. It was wrong. Okay, after shutting down our businesses, yep. after doing all these things, you know, putting us in a state of fear, not allowing you to see your loved ones, right? Um, in the hospital, telling that that you need um, a zero, okay, a zero liability product to put in your body, and if there was any adverse effects, they wouldn't be liable for it. Oh yeah, yeah. Be- being forced to do all these things and take all these measures, I just think, you know, it's crazy, man. Yeah. And I mean, I get, I get somebody that is old, right? I have people in my family have gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. Taking precautions for your health. I'm all for it. But when you're a young, healthy guy or a young, healthy gal, I don't think, you know. Yeah. I wonder how long people are going to be taking boosters. Right. <laughs> like, is there any, Sorry, there's... I don't mean to laugh. Well, I was I was kind of saying that like as a joke, like like is there anybody there still taking boosters? Like that actually still believes this. Um, and I'm kind of joking, kind of, but I, maybe I shouldn't like say it in jest because maybe there are some people that are, but I I don't know. Maybe there are some people that they're not, they're 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 all going hung about their boosters. But I I feel like at this point it's like kind of like yeah, I think that ship has sailed. Like nobody's really buying into that anymore. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, my, my aunt, she knows how I feel about it. Yeah. You know, she knows exactly how I feel about it. But the thing is, is like, that goes back to my point where if you feel like you really need it, you know, by all means, go ahead. Sure. Um, she has had cancer, multiple myeloma for uh, a long time now. And, you know, she goes to the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. So she, uh, has gotten every booster that her doctor tells her to um, just because, you know, she is in that state of fear yeah. and rightfully show, so sure. she's been battling sure. cancer for yeah. 15 years, but she knows my opinion on it. I'm like, you don't need that stuff. I'm, I barely believe in radiation treatment. Yeah. If you want to go like really polar <laughs> polarized, get people to hate me. Like, no, I'm serious. Like I believe in the modern, that the modern medicine being put out today is, totally just for you know profit and dollars because all these companies that make these medicines are public yeah and what what's the point of a public company is to you know obviously appease the the eyes of the shareholders to get them to invest more and more and if they're not profitable or they show a pml statement that isn't in their favor then they're out yeah so i don't know but yeah, I mean, with the boosters thing, I would say that if you would just be healthy. Oh, and if you want to bring up another another uh, article or another thing that the Washington Post said, I'm going to find this one. I screenshotted it. <laughs> I know that they can't see us right now, but um, this is a really good one right here. So the Washington Post Basically, this is what they posted. Regular exercise may improve the effectiveness of coronavirus vaccines. <laughs> How about it just improves your health? Yeah. And so you don't need the vaccine. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. <laughs> wow. So, wow. I mean, if, if anybody still believes in it after seeing a post like that, yeah. I mean, we, I don't know if I can help you. Because your point that 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 title is it's really grasping for straws. It's like really trying. Oh my goodness! It's like how can we twist this in our favor? Um, you know, there was a time like my wife was really concerned that like she's like, are we ever going to be able to fly again? Like if, like if we don't get vaccinated, maybe because of the vaccine passports and stuff. And I was like, I was like. Honestly, babe, I was like, I don't, I don't think this is um, sustainable. I was like, this is, they're only going to be able to, to push this for so long to where people are going to get uh, upset. Like, okay, this is enough. And it really did get to that point. Um, yeah. You know, finally airlines started sort of dropping the requirement and now it's not a thing at all anymore. And, and you know, Hannah was really concerned about it. She was like, you know, are we going to really be able to travel? And I, I just didn't, I was like, I just don't think this is going to last. Like, it's it's just it's just not. I don't see that happening, and I'm really thankful. And I didn't know, I wasn't sure, but I'm really thankful. You know, today it's I. I mean, I can say it's it's non-existent. I haven't really looked into it. I just know that it's it's nothing like what it was back in 2020, 2021. Right. No, yeah, I remember when. Um, this is only domestic flights. I didn't take any international travel since before COVID. It like, might there might got... be some things with international travel still, but I don't know. But sorry, keep, keep going. What were you saying? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, there's still uh, precautions for international travel. Um, they have those things. Now, a lot of places, they'll let you just do like a PCR test, make sure that you're negative, and then uh, you can go on your way. Um, but, yeah, when I was flying during COVID just domestically, they were big on masks and stuff, mm. but I don't – you didn't ever need a, a vaccine. The only place I think you needed a vaccine uh, was Hawaii. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, to go to Hawaii, uh, but I guess maybe they were really afraid because it is a small country or not small, small state, very small state. Well, it's an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so yeah, I see what you're saying. A lot more restricted as far as where you can go, what you can do. So that makes makes sense. Or is yeah, islands. It's not it's not singular island, but yeah. Right. Um. I had a thought and I lost it. Um, and this is a whole other subject. I know and we, we need to wrap it up here, but I'm just really, and, and I need to be careful because these are things that have not been proven yet, but just as far as the, the effects, the long-term effects that we're going to see from, from, the, from the jab, I think we're, we have not yet seen the full, the full spectrum as far as what can happen. A lot of bodybuilders have died this past year. And, yeah. you know, guys that have been taking steroids and that have um, unhealthily large hearts. A lot, I think know, it has to do a lot with the, like, cardiovascular. Yes. You know, ca cardiovascular health. If you're cardiovascular yeah. health, you're going to run into, like, if it's weak, then you're going to run into, like, uh, you know, adverse effects yes. where yeah it makes it more dangerous for somebody like that um i know yeah we don't have enough information it's hard to speak on the subject yeah um without being trying to sound like a conspiracist yeah but but like we they have come out with 
you know, there was no trials done on it before they came out. They just like, you know, kind of came out with it and put a, and put a disclaimer, Mm. you know, if there's any adverse effects and we don't have any liability over it. Which that's ridiculous. Um, Right. And then also, um, there are articles and things I can pull one up really quickly. They, uh, on the effectiveness, right. There is no yeah. effectiveness or the effectiveness is very, very low yes. to where like before when they first came out, everybody yeah. was getting it. I feel like because it said it was 90 to 5% effective. Yeah. Right. Um, and now there's articles thing things saying that like Fauci was behind the whole thing in Wuhan, the lab, so you create a virus, right? And then you yeah. create the medicine to combat it, and then people start to have adverse effects. You just create another medicine to help them out with that. I mean, it's a never-ending cycle. That's like the plot of a movie. I feel like there's there's several movies like that had that plot. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, because you can't sell health and wellness, bro. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. You can't sell the cure. Yeah. Can't do it. You just got to sell treatment. Yeah. Treatment, treatment, treatment. If you cure people, you don't have a job anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I think from this whole conversation, if we could just all be united as one, right? Everybody could, uh, you know, agree on something. We don't have to agree on everything. And I think everybody, for the majority, right? The majority of Americans, we all agree on, like, pretty much the same things. Like, we want you know, freedom to do what we want for our children and, you know, our families. And like, this is still America. Like people, we're not the ones that are crazy. There's other yeah. people that think like us. Um, it's just that, you know, when you look, listen too much about the media, and all yeah. these things that are being pushed out there, it is hard because um, you feel like you don't want to speak out. Yeah. And what I would encourage listeners to do is like, maybe, you know, go out and, and start speaking out because you're not you're not as crazy as what they yeah. make it out to be, you know what they want you to think you are, um, and that's just I don't know that's just my thought on it. Well, to your point, I think we would all be surprised at the amount of people that actually yes. do agree with us. I think that's what you're saying. Now, yeah. I do agree with you that I think the majority the majority of Americans when it comes down to it, they share the same values. Like you said, as far as wanting to to live as they choose, wanting their kids to, to, to live a safe and, and healthy life. Those, those basics for the majority. Yes. But at the same time, it is very apparent that there is a group. I do think it's a minority, but there is a group out there and I'm not, I'm not referring to one specific group at all. I'm just saying, People, there are people out there that they truly want the whole world to think just like them, and their values are very different. And yeah. anybody that does not agree with their agenda is the devil. They and uh, but but to your point, going back to what you said, I do not believe that's the majority, and that's where we need to we need to take comfort in that, and not just comfort, but just have confidence in that. Like the, all the noise and the whining that we hear and, and all these people telling us how we should live. And it, it can, it can be very discouraging, right? All these blue haired people. I shouldn't even say that because that's, that's, uh, because it doesn't, it's not just blue haired people. There's some very nice people out there with blue hair, but, um, 
there there are some people out there that are just screaming and whining trying to to get they're all upset at the world because the world's not giving them what they want and that's unfortunately what gets put on the news but the rate what the reality is is that the majority of people don't feel that way don't think that way and they recognize that that mentality is a loser's mentality it's a it's a mentality that's not going to last it's not going to it's not going to promote anything good and i think that's the approach that we need to have when we are talking to our neighbor when we're talking to any stranger is that there's probably more in common than we think absolutely yeah i mean i think that um a good point to make is that we get divided over all the noise and all these, you know, small social issues that at the end of the day are blown up. Like, yeah, they can be a little like problems, but they're blown up and put out there to distract us and divide us as a country. So, yeah. A lot of it is a distraction. The scary thing is what are they trying to distract us from? (laughs) <laughs> now I'm sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but uh, I think there's there's uh, I think that's something to think about. Um, well, even if there's no buddy behind that, it's just we could be distracting ourselves. You know why why do we pursue pleasure so much or or, or um, dopamine and, and uh, entertainment so much? What are we trying to distract ourselves from? What reality are we trying to escape? And I think that's something we have to. So, so don't just point. I'm. What I'm trying to do is not point the finger at 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 some boogeyman behind the curtain. What I'm saying is is you know look look at yourself. Are you being who you need to be, who you truly believe in, and and are you fully accepting reality and living and loving a life based on reality and not on fantasies and what could be in hopes and dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that if we were all, or a lot of people were to, you know, sit down and say, you know, we're consuming too much. That's when you get into like that fantasy land of, yep. you know, is this reality or is this distorted? Um, I always try to remind myself, anytime that I'm like on social media so much like I have a TV in my house I'm not gonna lie I was against it but you know I only watch it with my um, you know my lady friend here and there uh, whenever she's over but other than that it stays off okay Um, you know I I go through social media and stuff but I only follow a specific number of people I try to control what I consume because I try to create more than I consume if that makes sense Absolutely. Um, because, yeah, and I think that if you look at it that way, um, you know, it'll, it'll keep you a lot more level-headed. There's not, like, so many polarizing topics or things. You know, you're just focused on yourself and, and, and your reality and what you want your reality to become. Yeah. Right? What you want your reality to become. I like that. <clears throat> Imagine what what our world would be like if people focused on producing more than they consumed. Well, you, I love this. I love this saying by Andy Frisella. 
like the world needs fry cooks too. <laughs> That's true. We need it. That's yeah, true. We need uh, <laughs> a little bit of everybody. As harsh as that may sound, I mean. <laughs> but and it, yeah, it might sound a little harsh, but at the same time, some people are very content in that. And yeah, that's there's nothing wrong with it. And we need to be grateful for that. So, but anyway, we both should probably run here. Any any closing thoughts before we wrap? No, I'm good. I had like three closing thoughts, man. I had you beat. What, what you got? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning. This is a. I think I just gave you just like a couple a couple names. We we're going to talk about a couple bullet points, and we ended up having a great conversation about it. So I, I appreciate your your perspective and your your insight. And now we uh, we do good bouncing bouncing ideas and thoughts off of each other this this was fun i appreciate it man yeah it was a blast thanks for having me on i really appreciate it man all right a big thank you to edmund for coming back on the show his perspective is always one that i respect and he's got a way of making me stop and think don't forget to follow the podcast on instagram at inquire inside i want to thank each of you for tuning into today's conversation and we'll catch you next time